I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No. Roderick. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? Stop in I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. This is Roger Giggs on football. At the moment, there is no Roger Giggs. He will be here shortly. He's uh, just been delayed. But that's okay. You've got me for a bit. We'll just talk some stuff. Some stuff. Um, big shout out to uh, everyone who came down to the Cardiff City fan show last night at the Roman Tavern. Always a good time. And we were joined by not one, but two ex-City players on the show last night. We had Michael Chopra joined us in the first uh, part of the show to discuss the 15th of December, which will be the final uh, live event promoted by Ace Podcast Nation, hosted by Ace Podcast Nation and myself, um, where myself and Michael Chopra will be having a, a jolly good time before Christmas. 
uh, taking questions, having photos, just having a good old party. We've got some wicked prizes for the charity raffle as well. And if you can't wait for that on the 15th, tomorrow night at the Rum and Tavern, City Legends number two with Darren Purse, former Cardiff City captain, current under-23s manager, Mr. Darren Purse and myself, hosting the evening. Doors open at 7 to the 1927 lounge. You can come up, have some photos, you know, et cetera, et cetera, have a chat, chill out. And then when everyone's there, we'll get straight into it. You have 45 minutes of, uh, of Darren telling some stories and me pulling them out with him. And then uh, we'll have a quick comfort break before we uh, we get in to uh, a nice long question and answer where the questions are in the hands of the people. Uh, so people can ask Darren as many questions as they want, whatever they want. And um, there we go. And then obviously 15th of December, Michael Chopra. Um, I believe there's one or two tickets left for the Darren Purse one tomorrow. If you want to get involved, then uh, ticket links in the description of the show uh, and on my bio and all that sort of stuff. Uh, ticket link for Michael Chopra show is also all over the place, bio and that. Um, expecting them once to go quick. There's two tiers of tickets. There's VIP tickets, 30 quid, then there's normal tickets for a tenner, which is just for the question and answer part. But uh, I urge you to come down, see off the year with us because um, it's been a weird year, but it's been a great second half of the year for the channel. Been, uh, you know, growing, but reaching out into the live events and stuff like that, particularly for Cardiff City fans. But even, to be honest, even if you're just a football fan, phenomenal like live events, really intimate. You get to, to speak to these players who you've kind of, you know, been watching play for Cardiff and other clubs. For, uh, for the years gone by. And um, now, as Michael Chopper made a great point yesterday when he uh, joined us on the fan show, is when they're playing, they're kind of... It's, they're a bit... What's the word? Like, they have to be careful what they say, basically. But then, now they're retired, they can kind of let, you know, let things loose. They can tell the stories. And uh, it's going to be an interesting one because, my, you know, Michael Chopra in particular has got a, so many stories straight away. He said there's one where Bellamy hit his phone and they fell out. There's another one, obviously, with all the ranks around and his gambling. There's all sorts of uh, these stories which you wouldn't get if they were still playing. So uh, all I can say is get involved if you uh, are in and around Cardiff for those times, those days. It's well worth it. Well, well worth it. Uh, while we wait for Rodders to catch up and join us, um, we'll do a little Super 6 update because uh, one of our own, our very own hardcore regular viewers, Robert Boyle, topped the week. Uh, so in the Charity Super 6 and Charity Fantasy League, starting with the Fantasy Football League, very own Patreon legend, Mr. Robert Boyle, uh, topped the highest score this week with 64 points. But the overall leader is uh, Reese Edwards with a total of 836 points. Regarding the Super 6, Max Flint won the weekend round with uh, Mr. Will Melush, my uh, my producer extraordinaire, had the highest midweek score. But let's see how myself and Rodders are doing. Uh, the Super 6 this week, uh, I had zero because I forgot to do it in the midweek. Rodders had six. We are level on 140 points, neck and neck which is always good. We seem to be very close, um, but I always seem to pull away towards the end of the season, you know, quality. Uh, for the Fantasy Premier League, um, I, I've got 597 overall. Rodri's got 653. He's got a leader 56. The leader, <clears throat> we're way off the leader who's on 836 uh, points. But in terms of myself and Rodri, this week was the first week where I actually did something with my Fantasy League team. 
uh, and I scored 48 and Rodri scored 41, which goes to show that if I put a bit of effort in, I'm better than him, basically. But there we go. Um, so, yeah, there's some stuff going on. Um, I think I'll save, like, the Champions League stuff and 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 that, that side of things till Rodders gets here because I know... Oh, look at that. Look at that. Beautiful. Hang on. Nice little beard there. I've got a third camera as well, but I haven't quite got it able to work. Yeah. Still not working yet. But uh, we'll get that third camera going eventually, uh, which is going to be really handy with the... Um, with the fan shows and the recording and stuff, it's just, just multiple camera angles. Makes it nice. But uh, if you've got any questions and stuff like that, get them in. Uh, if in the meantime, we'll talk. Obviously, we talked a lot of um, Cardiff City yesterday. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the championship generally. Talk a bit of football generally. Um, where are we going to start? Some, uh, some interesting results in the championship this week. Really interesting. So yesterday, you had... Um, Blackburn beat uh, Birmingham. Leeds annihilated Swansea. Played them off the park. Um, Sheffield Wednesday got a, finally got some more points on the board with a point, a great point at home to Leicester. A really, really big point for them. Maybe that's the start of them turning around. Um, Southampton picked up a win against Bristol. Because uh, Southampton uh, host Cardiff City on Saturday. A big, big game. Cardiff will be looking to to put on a better performance than midweek because they were. I think lethargic is about probably about as kind as you could be uh, versus West Brom in the week. But West Brom are very, very good. They're really um, hit some good form, a good goal as well. And I think um, I was really particularly impressed with West Brom's pressing, like particularly in the second half. Like it seemed like every time a Cardiff player got on the ball, West Brom had three, four players straight around him. Um, it was I was impressed with like because with with a press. The thing is, like you've all, they've all. Once that trigger play is gone, you've all gotta gotta go. Like it's just one of those things. Like if one player doesn't do his role in that press, it just makes it very easy to play through. And I was impressed not just with the quality of West Brom's pressing, but also just the general. Like not once did any of them sort of half-heartedly go or sh or shirk their role in that that press. Very, very uh, impressed by West Brom, I've got to be honest. I think the only team I think which I've seen this year so far who I've been more impressed with is Ipswich. Um, Ipswich is still the best team I've seen uh, play this year, I think. And uh, Rotherham, still the poorest. Although I didn't think Preston were up to much. Preston actually were a bit more disappointing than I, than I was expecting because they've been, you know, they're in a decent run of form. And I actually thought if Cardiff had been a bit more adventurous earlier, they might not have had to leave it until, you know, the yeah, two goals in injury time, which is always always pleasant as a, as a fan. But back down to earth with a loss against uh, West Brom. Just looking in the comments, uh, Will, Borough fan, Tommy Tornado, welcome. Uh, Southampton, either top or second on the form table over the last nine games. We'll be lucky to get anything from them. Well, here's the thing, right, mate, is... I think Cardiff, at the moment, they seem much more comfortable away from home. And I think it's partially because of the way we play. Because I've been saying quite a lot recently, I, at home, I'd like to see Cardiff be a bit more adventurous and a bit more attacking. Because the way we set up and the way we play is very good for, for away games. Very difficult to break down, build from the back, try and suck the other team into, into pressing you play through them and then kind of hit them 
or you try and win the ball up, win the wall, ball back around the halfway line and be quick on the transition to get your forwards or your wingers away. And I think that works really well away from home. We've had some really good results and performances away from home. And, you know, on another day or with a bit of luck, I think Cardiff could have got points, you know, could have got points at Leicester, could have got points at Leeds, um, Ipswich. Like there's a few games where Cardiff could have picked up points away from home and they, they may have deserved to, but didn't quite put it off. Whereas, and obviously they've had some cracking results, including Preston away at the weekend because Preston are in good form. So whilst I agree with you, Sam, to the banging form, as our, as were West Brom and Preston, you know, um, I think if we were if we were playing them at our place, I would be more concerned about the result. I think away from home, I'm f- a bit more confident that maybe we can pinch a point or you know I take a point now if you give me a point away at Southampton, absolutely. But um, I just think Cardiff, Cardiff are in a weird position because I think they're they're doing better than anyone expected in terms of league position. They're playing better than anyone expected in terms of the football they're playing. Uh, Errol Buller is is much more, I think he's in, instigated his tactics and his, the way he wants to play much quicker than probably people thought he was going to. And I think what's that meant is people get a bit carried away. People suddenly are like dreaming of, of playoffs and, and stuff like that. And look, I actually think Cardiff are capable of making the playoffs this year. But I think you have to be realistic. A lot of that will depend on two things. The January transfer window and what they do with it, because it's the first time they've been able to spend some money in in, in a good while, certainly in a, a good few windows. But also, I think we need Aaron Ramsey back playing football uh, sooner than later. But we have done pretty well without him. So I think by, by no means is Ramsey being back the be-all and end-all. But I think when you've got a player of that quality, which he'd already shown this season on numerous occasions, um, of course you want him back in your team and and playing. And I think he's a as apart from his his quality of football, he's an important member of the squad and experienced footballer. So it makes a big difference. But we discussed a little bit like some potential dream options in the in the in the window in January. You know, the players which we were talking about, I think on paper are doable, but being realistic, I'd look, for instance, Nico Williams, I would be very surprised if Nico Williams goes on loan to a championship side, for instance, I'd be expecting him to go to a Premier League side if he goes on a short-term loan, or if he, even if he if he was to move away from Forest completely, I'd be very surprised if he dropped to the championship. If he does drop to the championship, then Cardiff City should absolutely be one of the sides talking to him. He's Welsh, He's an extremely good footballer, and we have only got one first choice left. We've only got one left back, and the first choice that he that first choice left back is on his bike to the African Cup of Nations in January. So not only would Nico Williams another left back be a good choice anyway for Cardiff because of the lack of depth in that position, it also you have the African Cup of Nations. So if, you, if they can work something out on loan for Nico Williams, phenomenal. Uh, I think it would involve Panzo going back, but would I sacrifice Panzo, who's not really played for Wales' first choice left back? Absolutely, I would, um, because he's a quality footballer. Way too good for the championship, but you never know. You know, we've pulled off some big deals like that in the in the past. I mentioned Bellamy earlier. You know, Bellamy and 
um, Ramsey himself when he came on loan. So, we, you know, we've shown that we can get these deals. Ramsey most recently as well. We have shown that the, we can get those big deals done. It's just whether Nottingham Forest want to play ball. It's whether Nico Williams would like to come down here and stuff like that. Um, the other one was Jordan James from from um, from Birmingham City. I think he's played more games for for Rooney since Rooney's taken over. So I think it's going to be a difficult. We probably have to give him a nice bit of bit of cash. But I I, I don't think Birmingham are rolling the net. So if we offered him a two million fee with add-ons, I think they'd be tempted. And I think not just from now point of view in terms of how I think him and Kyopis could be almost like a dream uh, partnership in terms of their abilities and how they complement each other. But also for the future, he's so young and he's already shown that he's uh, able to play at a high level. If you could get someone like that in, you know, he could be your centre midfielder for, for 10 years. So, um, and then, of course, the one, the worst kept secret in UK football and Welsh football, like Kiefer Moore, seems on paper like it's almost like a, like a done deal. Um, I'm not as confident as some of the guys on the panel last night. But look, you imagine from a Cardiff City point of view, if you brought in Kiefer Moore, Nico Williams and Jordan James in this January window, I don't think you can ask for much more of, uh, you know, a much better window than that. And then the other name which came up, to a mixed reception from the panel. Um, I think generally we all agreed that he'd be a good sign-in, but there was one or maybe two of us who, or two two of the guys who said no, um, was I said, get rid, send Runnison back to Arsenal. Because um, I don't think he's very good, to be perfectly honest. Or I certainly, um, he's not playing well. And, and I think Almerick is a, is a better choice in goal. Is Danny Ward, who's third choice for Leicester. If you can get, it'd so be weird though, to see where Cardiff signed three, four Welsh players. But I would not be disappointed to see four Welsh internationals coming down to play for the city. I think Danny Ward is good enough to be first choice. He's good enough to be back up to Alnwick without causing too much stress as well. So I think, look, if Cardiff somehow, and I, it is, uh, look, they are long shots. You're talking a bit of money, some quite high wages. But from a, a hypothetical point of view, Cardiff City added those four players to their squad and they could get rid of a couple of fringe players. I think I'd be disappointed if they didn't get to the playoffs after if they signed those four players. Like I would genuinely be disappointed then if we weren't in at least in the playoffs because you're talking four Welsh internationals, um, three of which are first choice Welsh internationals. So yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one indeed. Um, what do you guys think? I know there's a couple of Cardiff fans in the chat. Um, Borough fan, like who would you like to see? Where do Borough need to strengthen? Who would you like to see Borough go in or what position? Like, I think it's vital that Cardiff City, Tommy Tornado says there, the AFCON is going to be a problem. I think it's vital Cardiff City get a left back, um, either an out and out left back or a left sided defender who can play centre back and left back, I think would be a, a, a an all right choice as well. But like I say, Nico Williams to me, if there's any hints that he's available on loan. Cardiff should try and do something. Because, look, Panzo's not playing. Runnison's not playing. So you could send those two back. Can you then get Danny Ward and 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 then maybe a little loan deal for Nico Williams? I don't know. I'm sure the manager's got some ideas outside of that. But just from a personal point of view, those four, to me, 
make a lot of sense positionally, quality-wise. And I think there's an added bonus. You know, I'd always be happy to see Welsh players playing for Cardiff, um, particularly, you know, young Welsh players like Nico Williams and Jordan James. Is I think that would be beautiful. Um, but, yeah, like, like, tell me what you think, guys. I'm genuinely interested. Um, you know, we've been linked with a couple of Turkish players, Bakasetis, um, and also the Turkish captain, I think it is, um, Sully Yukan. I think we were linked with the Greece captain as well. But um, Sully Yukan is a quality player. I can't. I don't think that Sully Yukan would drop down to this level, being honest. But, but then you say that, and then... We signed Aaron Ramsey in the summer, who had a boatload of Premier League clubs after him and European clubs after him. We all but signed Gareth Bale until his agent steered him towards America. So, I mean, they've shown that they can attract and get the big deals moving. So, from that side of things, he's kind of interesting. Tommy Tornado says, uh, also, do you think it would benefit the national t- team same stadium surroundings. I don't think it would be a bad idea, mate. But I think, like most of all, obviously the things you mentioned, uh, a big part of it. They're very important, and I think they will will, particularly with the big games coming up in March, like one-off games at home. Having those players be comfortable at the Cardiff City Stadium cannot be a bad thing. But most of most of all, if come March. Danny Ward, just like hypothetically, if Danny Ward, Jordan James, Nico Williams and Kiefer Moore are all playing for Cardiff City week in, week out, that's a good thing for, for the Welsh team. Because the big problem at the moment is we've got too many players who are just not playing enough. They're either playing five, ten minutes here and there, or they're not playing at all. And I think you saw that with Kiefer Moore to the point where he was dropped for the second game against Turkey. In the first game, he looked sluggish and he just, just locked off the pace. And I think um, it's it's a problem. Um, Burafan says uh, I'd say a striker, um, other position, other positions. We've got injured players to come back. Yeah, um, similar to Cardiff actually. Cardiff got Odauda to come back, who I think can you know could cover left back as well. Although I do prefer him at the left wing. Um, and a few. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Who's um, anyone surprised you, Borough fan, from, from, from Borough this year? I mean, you got off to a rocky start this season, but I was, and this is the reason why I, I say quite often, um, what's his head, uh, the owner of Borough, uh, Steve Gibson, he's a phenomenal, he's one of the best owners in the Football League in terms of how he goes about business. So many teams, so many clubs would have sacked Carrick after your first sort of eight games of the season. They'd have panicked and they would have just gone, oh, young manager, quick, get someone experienced in. Um, they stuck by him and he's and he's got them playing as good, if not better, than than last year. And I think again, Borough will be right up there in the playoff conversation. And 
it's good to see. I really, I admire the, the Borough owner a lot, like the way he goes about his business, the way he rub, runs his football club. He's very patient. He doesn't rush into decisions. He gives the managers time. And I think that's what you need if you're going to build long-term, like at the start of the season. I say again, I, people ask me from what I thought the new manager could do at Cardinal. And I said, well, they're going to sack him come Christmas because we're not doing very well, then it's pointless. But if we can build, so this year, look for top half. Next year, look for to be in and around the playoffs. And then the following year, be really pushing for promotion. That's progress each year. And I think that's important, is giving manager time and building his team, his players. Like, you've got to remember, 99% of managers, when they come in, they're not coming into a club which has got their players. They're not coming into a squad which has got players built for their systems. So often you see managers come in and they may have played, I don't know, like three at the back all their career, but then they look at they come along and they haven't got three really good centre-backs, so they have to adapt their system because you've got to adapt your system, particularly in the early stages of your managerial stay at a club. You have to adapt to what players you what the players you've got at the club are able to do. You can't just force them into your system and tactics instantly because you might not have the right players for that system. And uh, it takes time. And I think when you look around, the managers who are given time are the ones who will last a bit longer and, and build things. You look at, you know, just switching over to the Premier League. Now, there's been some pressure on Ten Hag this year. And I think he has suffered from overachieving last year. Yes, they've got a very good squad and they've spent money. They've had like so many injuries this year and and things like that and and I think because he achieved so much last year, which people didn't expect, but he's they've got to give him time. If they give to me, and this is only my opinion, and I, I'll put this to Rodri when he comes, is if you give Ten Hag the next two or three years, I think United will be back up competing. But if you just repeat the same cycle and they get a new manager in, I think Ancelotti was mentioned or whoever, like someone's brought in, just starting again, and he's got to get his players in, and they've got to spend more money. But I think, particularly in United's case, they need to fix the problems off the field so that then the manager can take the team on the field forward. And uh, I just think it's important. Like, uh, and I think Errol Bullu is doing a phenomenal job at uh, Cardiff City at the moment. Tommy Tornado said, I'd like to know when the managers um, getting the sack so quickly started. Klopp at Liverpool feels like a lifetime these days. Fergie for 26 years. Don't think we'll ever see that again. Yeah, 100% mate. And there's been moments, even last year, where Klopp at other clubs probably would have gone. You know, other clubs would have sacked him. He took a... People forget, it took Klopp a good 18 months, maybe two years, to really get that Liverpool team playing and build his team. Because the players who were there were not capable of playing the pressing system that you see Liverpool playing now. So it takes time. Like, you look at how... You, right, again, just... I use United because they're in this massive transition. But, like, United have still got to get rid of a lot of players. And I think... It's just no like this talk of the manager and things like that. Like you've got to give him time and you've got to give him, and that means another couple of years to get the players in he wants. He's still not get got the players he wants and get the players that he doesn't want out of here. And it, we're just talking about managers, uh, managers and giving them time. Uh, mate, I was saying like the Middlesbrough owner, 
is one of my uh, I rate him really highly just because he he always is patient with the managers and a lot of clubs at the start of the season when Borough hadn't won a game in eight or nine games would have got rid of Michael Carrick because he was a young manager but he stuck by him and they're you know they're getting the the benefits of that now and they'll probably be in the playoff conversation again we talked about Klopp you know I think it took Klopp about 18 months two years to really get his players because the Liverpool players who were there when Klopp came in they weren't capable of playing that pressing style and then they're talking about Liverpool he's off already but um so it's, you have to give him time to get the players he doesn't want out and get the players he needs to play his system in. And I think the same goes for Ten Hag, mate, doesn't it? Like, you've got to give managers time to get to the players that are not doing it or not capable of playing their system and get in the players who are capable of doing it. You think? Yeah, and also make a decision on the players that some of the players that he's brought in. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like Casemiro and Rafa Moran, I don't see them staying. Uh, get rid of them too. And there's some others that you need to get rid of. But uh, um, but just in terms of like they, giving him time, mate. Do you think oh, like, yeah, they, yeah, they've yeah. got to give him time, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I give him next season as well, and then see how see how we lie from there. But yeah, things are looking. Um, the last 10 days, or, or stop, before the international window, international break, they were getting wins. But it, was, it was very bad to watch, very bad. Mm. But, but then uh, I think there's been there's been glimpses. And this game last night, um, yeah, it looked much better. It was comfortable at 2-0. Silly foul, bad mistake by the free kick, compounded by the keeper. And then they, they rinse and repeat it at 3-1. Comfortable, another silly foul, and the keeper lets put the free kick again. So it's silly mistakes, which they don't make the mistakes. I think they win that game comfortably. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, no, it's not down to Eric Ten Hag for individual errors. Well, then when people say, well, he brought the keeper and he's made this mess. Um, but people forget, mate. We've made a mistake. We've always we've seen it before with these keepers when they come in. They, they need to settle at least a season, and then we'll see it from there. If he keeps on making mistakes, and we have to address it. But um, it, I was, it was, I was, it was one of the games last night. And I'm thinking, how, how have we got? How have we not won that game? It was one of them where you're scratching your head, thinking, how have we not come away with the three points there? But you can't give silly mistakes at the, at the top level, at the Champions League. Pack, no matter who you who you're playing, so difficult to take. But you know, yeah. Hopefully, the, the result goes our way in the in the in the last game for them, and we beat Bayern Munich at home, which is a tall ask. But all you've got to do is win your game. If you win your game, then you probably go into the, the Europa League. So, mm. um, to be you honest, if, if we don't even uh, qualify for that, I won't be too disheartened. Yeah, you're not going to be devastated to not be no, in the Europa no. League. Um, interesting little couple of things on Anana. So people forget, like, he just kept five clean sheets on the bounce before last night. He also um, made several big saves last night, which kept United, you know, in the lead or it, or in it. Um, he made, a, like, a double save, I think, in the first couple of minutes. Um, and also, um, so here's a couple of stats for you, mate, right? He has got the highest... 
uh, highest percentage of saves this year in the Premier League for any keeper. So if you think like so, United are conceding more shots this year than they have for a while because they haven't had their defenders and their their midfield in front of them stopping those shots. Like the keeper's not in charge of stop it. Like he's not in charge of stopping those shots coming in. He's in charge of keeping them out. And I think this narrative that um, Onana's like not a top level keeper is insane. Like his stats show. And I think the other stat was that in terms of uh, expected goals, so XG with keepers is really accurate. It's basically how many shots they're expected to have in a game and what percentage or how many they're expected to save out from those different areas and stuff like this. And his XG is something like 8.3. So like he's saving way more than he would be expected, expected to from a statistical point of view. But you say that the second goal is 100% on him. He basically chucks it in the net. The first goal, I blame the wall for that. Like it came through the wall, he was unsighted, and then he's gone to the left. Expecting well, it didn't go through the wall, it went for the two people who's in the wall. You don't leave, yeah. mate. The wall's, the wall's there to protect that side. You don't gamble. Because if you gamble, and, and just let me get the dog in, mate. If you, yeah, yeah. If you gamble, let the dog if you gamble, and the. the one, and the ball goes that side, which it did, then you because it's so close, you've got no chance, and, and that proved to be the case. So you can't gamble if he stays where he is, he just collects it very easily. Yeah. The 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 um the second one, he's just on. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, the second one's just a shocker, just a shocker. Don't even know what you're doing. United have scored 11 goals away from home in the Champions League this year, and they're yeah, going to so. probably go out. Scored three, the same, scored three, three at Munich, three at Copenhagen, three at Galatasaray. Well, Insane, mate, isn't it? And, and you're not getting any results for these games. So, you know, that's why it, it's, it's uh, what's the word? Um, no, his progression, you can see it. They just need to sort the defence out and sort that midfield out. Midfield's key. The midfield at the minute. Colby Maynard looks a real talent, but you know he's only 18, 19 soon. I'd, so, um, I'd yes. like to see him and Amra. If I was picking it at the moment, just as it stands, I, if I was if I was picking that United midfield, I would play Amrabat and Maynu from the start because I yeah. think Amrabat just gives him a bit of experience next to him. Scott McTominay is a bit like a headless chicken. I I, I don't understand. Yes, you got, he's getting your goals at the minute and winning your yeah, game. But, <laughs> I understand what you mean, though, because he, he's, he's, he's in there he's, to score goals, but he offers it absolutely well, nothing. Well, is, is not his best talent. You know, the balls were coming into him. Yeah, he's, he, he doesn't receive it, receive it much on that half turn. He's, yeah, he's just, he's just not his... Not his game, so... When, like, we, when, when we're under the caution, we need to keep the ball in possession. He, yeah. He's not the greatest at it, but you know he, he's been scoring a few goals. So, but I, I agree with you. I also oh, think he's um, his own tail behind me. <laughs> I think. Um, look, I think United have looked straight away. They've looked better with Luke Shaw back. I think he not like just overall better defensively, better on the ball. Well, for whatever reason, Luke Shaw seems to really be a big part of the way they play. I thought they looked 
I thought so was they just don't seem to be able to put a whole performance together in term in the Champions League. Like they either seem to be very good defensively or very good up front. They can't seem to put it all together in one performance for whatever reason. But um I look for instance, Harry Maguire yesterday, I thought he was very good defensively, but I thought he was problematic when United were trying to play with the ball. He slowed it down. Um, he nearly put Onana in trouble at one point. Like on the ball, I thought he caused United not massive issues, you know, not not issues which are going to necessarily lose you a game in a moment, but he just he's, he slows the ball. Whereas if you've got like a Martinez or a, a Varane or someone like, or even Luke Shaw in there, they play through the lines really quickly. They're very decisive. You know, they'll drop a shoulder and move away from the striker and play the ball very quickly. Whereas with Maguire, it's a bit more kind of laboured. And look, he's got a good pass in him. I wouldn't deny that. And he's been our best defender. Yeah, and this is what I, and that's what I said. I thought he defended very well, but I think long term, I just don't think he can be the first choice. We already know that. It's done no harm for Harry Maguire. It's done no no harm for Manchester United, how how he's come back. Now he's. He's he sellable. Ran out the side, mate, didn't he? Now, now he's sellable. So, yeah, um, and and you can see that he he can play at a high level for uh, in the, the Premier right League. We've seen that before, but he's obviously come through it now, and it's, you've got to hand it to him because he's he's had a torrid two years, and, it, it, and the way he's come back, yeah, you've got to admire it really. So, it's uh, yeah, he's been he's, he's been a rock for us in the last five or six games. I think the one thing you can do, well, not the one thing, but one of the things you could say about Harry Maguire without any shadow of a doubt, mate, is he's got a, uh, an impressive mentality and mental strength to go through all the stuff he's been through, not just to come back through it and play at a decent level that he is now, but I think the way generally he's conducted himself. So I criticised him a few times because sometimes I think he comes across a bit arrogant in some of the things he says in interviews. But also, we know, as me and you know, only too well, mate, people can take stuff out of context. People can, if you see a snippet of something which someone says, they might give context either before or after it. But you don't get the context. You just get the, you know, the controversial statement or whatever. Like, I've got nothing to prove. But he might have said after that or before that, you know, everyone's got something to prove, but I don't feel like I've got anything to prove at United. Like, like do you know what I mean? It's... He's one of them, and but I agree with you. They can sell him now. I think United will try and bring in a centre back in January because I think Varane, for whatever reason, I think the main reason with Varane is he just he can't stay fit for 20 30 games of a season. So, you every time Martin, he gets into Martinez will be back soon as well after Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's only around the corner in December the 1st. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's mad, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I think Martinez, you've got. Obviously, Shaw's back, and I thought on uh, I thought Wan Bissaka defended very well on the right hand side. Obviously, got an assist as well going forward, which is a a big criticism of his game. It's weird, like if you're a neutral watching that, like myself, like watching that United game yesterday, it was an incredible game to watch. It was just end to end. It was like basketball. But when I was I was watching United very closely because I knew we were going to talk about it, and I thought. United, I thought there was way more weird to say because it was such a bad result in terms of the Champions League and everything. But I actually thought there was way more positives for United than negatives in that and the Everton game. And I think over the last month, there's been loads of signs that United are just just coming together. You have to play Bruno in that number 10 spot. 
he's got to stay there, though, hasn't he? Like, and I get the reason he comes away from it is because of Scott McTominay. And I don't want to put it, you know, I'm not saying not saying like I hate Scott McTominay, blah blah blah, but he is causing a problem for the holding midfielder and for Bruno because Bruno comes to cover him because he's out of position. The holding midfielder as doesn't have the option because McTominay often hides behind the player, so he doesn't want the ball really. Like I just think if you can get Mainu in there or Ericsson or Ericsson and Mainu or Amrabat and Mainu, I'd probably do Amrabat because I think then you might be able to let Mainu have a bit more freedom to, you know, to link up with Bruno and, and the wingers. Tell you what I thought had a good game last night, which I've seen a few people saying they thought he was poor. I thought Anthony had a good game last night. Yeah, I, I, was just I, did. I did as well. For his decision making was good. I he a couple of times he picked the ball up in his own half, ran, you know, 20, 30 yards, took the pressure off the team, drew out a foul. And when he did have to make it. Now Rashford's available to come in on the weekend. So you know, does he play Anthony? Does he play Rashford? I think Ganacho should keep his place. Yeah, plays. I think uh Manu... Would you play on the right then? Who would you play on Saturday against uh whoever it is? I don't know who they're playing on Saturday, but Newcastle, isn't it? Would you play Rashford? Would you play Anthony? I would play Rashford. Interesting. Even um, uh, yeah, I would, I would play, I would play Rashford because he, he gives you more threat. That gives you more threat of a goal, even though he's only scored two this season. You know, he's yeah. only just, he, he scored on the weekend, so now we can keep get a run going now in the Premier League. So uh, Newcastle, you, there's going to be goals up there. So yeah, I think um, like in terms of that, like. Uh, Again, is it away from home? Yeah, yeah, it's away at yes, Newcastle. So, uh, yes, you've got, um, I think, who do you You've got to play, Wan-Bissaka has got to start defensively, like, because you're away from home. This is what I would do. I would go Wan-Bissaka, Maguire, Lindelof, whoever plays alongside Maguire. Sure, I'd go Amrabat and Mainu, and then I'd probably go, I would probably go with Rashford, I agree. But I think Anthony has got a shout to start. Yeah. And I would yep. go with, Ganacho to go off, you know, on the break. I thought Hoyland looked a bit tired last night, or but it was his first game back after injury. So I'd maybe, I can't believe I'm saying it, mate. No, I wouldn't start Marshall. I'd pass that Hoyland. Couldn't even bring myself to say it. I wouldn't start Marshall. But you know what, though, mate? Right? Even Marshall. though when he's gone, he's looked, he's looked pretty lively. But they, you know, they should have scored last night. Could have, they could have scored, made it 4 3. Well, the one thing you'd bank on him doing is finishing a one-on-one, isn't it? Like, mm. that, if all the things Martial can do, you'd put yeah. your house on him finishing a one-on-one oh, yeah. with a keeper in his, inside yeah. the box. And he just seemed to want, like, a load of touches instead of just a little dink. I don't know. Weird one. Um, uh, Tommy Tornado says, uh, do you follow Sal- Salford City? Yes. Yes. You keep a keep an eye on their on their results and whatnot. How are they doing this year? Well, well when you've when you've uh, played for, captained, managed, managed, you, you t- and and a place where you've grew up, you kind of look. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> How are they doing this year? Not not really good. Not really good. Really, about mid table. With the budget they've got there is is not really good enough. So you, I'd expect another, I'd expect another change there soon. Who's the manager at the moment? Eh? Uh Neil Wood is it? Neil Summit? Yeah, they're changing that much. That much. Summit. Do you know why I'm surprised? Has never gone 
or has never been linked with a with a move to Salford is Fer, uh, Fergie Junior. Um, because obviously he tends to go to Peterborough, leave, and then go back to Peterborough, doesn't he? But I'm always yeah, surprised he's, he's not, never. He's not, he's not the goal there. He's not going to be at, at full control that like he does at a club. You know why would he put himself in that situation? Yeah, I just I because he's he's proven decent manager at that level. You know, yeah, that lower just, league level. Just uh, don't think it would be a, a good situation to be in. To be honest, what's the relationship like? Do you know what the relationship is? Like good, they've, all played, they've obviously all played with him because he was at United when, they yeah, he was in the academy, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. Don't Darren Ferguson wasn't in the academy, no, he, he come was he? Oh, right, okay, I no, no, he, he was a he played as a first team player. I don't think, oh, I don't okay. think he was in the academy. Oh, right, okay. I thought I don't know why I thought he was. No, dad was manager, I think he just brought him there to play, but yeah, he played. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. It would have been like ninety one, ninety two. So they, they might probably, they probably might not have played in. They probably played in the reserves and on the A team, the B team back then. But yeah, because uh, they would have been around about sixteen, seventeen, in the class of ninety two. So yeah, they would have played with him. But uh, in reserves, was he any good, Fergie June, Darren? Was he, he any good? It's right. a midfielder, wasn't he? He's all right. Trying to think who he played for. Did he go to Scotland or like to play for a bit? I can't remember, mate. I, can't played, remember. I know he played. I know he played loads for Brack. He like played like a few hundred games for Wrexham. But um oh, that's right. Yeah, he went to Wrexham. Yeah, he ended up Wrexham. Look, so I think so. He played. He played twenty eight times for United. For, uh, yeah, Darren Ferguson. Yeah, we were around 90 to ninety four. He played there yeah, twenty eight times. Yeah. He played. Yeah. Um, then he done 120 appearances at Wolves, played at Sparta, Rotterdam for 14 appearances. Wolves, that's it. Wolves went to Wolves, but I remember playing at Wrexham because when I was at Bangor, um, I remember speaking to him when we played at Wrexham, where we played a Welsh Cup game at Wrexham's ground, and he was there watching. I remember speaking to him, I can't remember if he was involved but wasn't playing or. or I don't know if he's ever been manager there. I can't remember, but he was there. I remember speaking to him. That was when that would have been uh, Rex, and it would have been two thousand. Yeah, he was there ninety nine to two thousand and seven. Yeah, as a player, so, so. That was, so it was early on when he was there. Yes, two thousand. Yeah, because he left. He left Wrexham to go and be player manager at Peterborough, basically. Um, All right, but go, he, yeah. ne he never actually played a game for him. But he was the player manager. He. Um, and then he, like he's been, so he, his managerial career is mad. 2007 to 2009, Peterborough, then to Preston for less than a year, then back to Peterborough for four years, then to Doncaster for two years, then back to Peterborough for, you know, three years as I'm still there. So he's obviously, like Peterborough, there's obviously a relationship there which works in some sense. He's done well there. He's got he's got him a few promotions. He's done. He's, he's had a good. Not like he's not done anything there. No, he's, I was going to say, haven't he been promoted like three, four, maybe? Yeah, even he's more got, he's times. got a few times there, so they've got a good relationship there. So, yeah. So, have a look. League League One runner-up, League One playoffs, League Two runner-up, Football League trophy. Um, also got. Third place in League Two for Doncaster, and he won. He won some trophies, mind at Wrexham. Yeah, he got a Premier League winners' medal. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, for, that, for United. Yeah, what year Jack and I was from? It would have been either ninety two, ninety three, or ninety three, ninety four. 
bang on straight away. 92, 93. Impressive, that is, mate. Well done. Yeah. Uh, knowledge. Knowledge. See, that's what you're here for. Knowledge. Analysis. Loving it. Top scorer that season was Teddy Sheringham, by the way, with 21 goals. Football's moved well, on, hasn't it? Yeah. For that's from Forest. Uh, for, yeah, so let's have a look. 92. Top scorer that season was Teddy Sheringham with 21 goals. Well, well, well. Um, Forest, that would have been. Yeah, was it Forest? Yeah, or would it? Yeah, 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 of course he was. He was a Forest, wasn't he? And then he went. You're arguing with knowledge here. I know. I, I should know better, shouldn't I? He was, Surely he uh, scored the first goal. No, Brian Dean scored the first goal, wasn't it? Premier League goal. Oh, yeah. Forest, Tottenham, United, Tottenham. And then Portsmouth, West Ham, Colchester. Yeah, they had the red, red shirts with the, with the, with the, with the college. It was, yeah, it was like United's kit. With the lace on there. Oh, the, the United's yeah. yeah. Nice. Like it. Um, Tommy Tornado says, um, I live near Bangor. He said, it's sad to see the, the, sad to see the demise of the club. Um, so, boy, Bangor are not, uh, not doing too well, are they? You'd think they'd be doing better because... Once they moved from Farrow Road to this new place, mm. but uh, that's supposed to be the game changer, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't seem to to have gone that way, but yeah, it's a shame. It's a really good place, really good place to play that right in the middle of middle of Bangor, off Farrow Road. Good old football ground. I remember turning up first time, turning up, and and you you, you take to people when when you get to a club. And obviously, I knew Clayton, Clayton was there, but the person who we were bonded with was Steve Cooper. Uh, we, yeah, got on, we got on pretty well, so but uh, yeah, it was a good time. I was going to say they um, they've won some some you know some uh, some big games over the years. Banger! Oh yeah, in the, the Welsh Cup as well, European games, European games, and that. I'm just looking at yeah. they got some loads of European games. Um, I think they won the Welsh Cup the, the 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 year before I got there. Well, yeah, did you go there? Uh, it would have been two thousand. Yeah, they won in ninety nine, two thousand. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there you go. Gone fire with the dates today, mate. Well done. You still got the the grey matter even at your age. Knowledge um, is key. Experience you can't buy it. Tommy Tornado didn't uh, Nigel Atkins play there as well? Where? Uh, Bangor, I would assume he means. Oh, I, I was there with uh, Juice Matt Lloyd-Williams, absolute goal machine he was. Scored like 50, 50 the season I played, we got there. Uh, Clayton Blackmore, who else would you have known he was there? Um... Yeah, he did play for Bangor, man. 93 to 96. Oh, he was manager, yeah. sorry. He was player manager, 93 to 96. Who? Nigel Atkins. Okay. I didn't know that. He was player manager for three years. That's quite unusual because player managers don't yeah, generally the, last. The player who took out the... Because Marion Appleton was the manager. Uh, remember me coming to see me, met in uh, met the whole time in Warrington. Um, but Peter Davenport took over for him. Another ex-United player? Ex-United player. Next Forest, yeah. Interested, Jude. Who do you reckon is the most successful player manager of all time? Because I was just thinking, then they don't tend to last too long, do they? Player managers, uh, they either Glenn retire. Glen Oddle seems to come to mind. Glen Oddle. Glen Oddle. Who else was there? Uh, um, Rudolph. Trevor, Trevor Francis played player manager for a bit, wasn't he? Rudolph. Um, Gian, uh, Gianni uh, Gianfranco Viale. 
I think most of the time the player they end up retiring, don't they? When they, they take it on and Kenny Dalglish, yeah, that's a good shout. Um King Kenny. Hullet. I was gonna say, didn't Hullet do play a manager? Hullet, Hullet for Chelsea, yeah, just had him before. What's the Cockney guy? Chelsea, who, really. um, Canelo did it for Chelsea. Uh, uh, Rude Hullet did it for Chelsea. Gianfranco Zola, uh, Gianfranco Viali did it for Chelsea. Who's that he little Cockney, Cockney guy? The Premier League. Who's that little Cockney guy who was at? He was at Chelsea as a player, and then he was at Newcastle, like in the. Behind the scenes, that's it. Yeah, he was playing manager for Millwall for a bit. Yeah, yeah, we played a bit. Went got to beat. We beat him at FA Cup final. Millwall. Remember they played Cardiff. Ronaldo. He was in Wales. That. Yeah, that's it. I remember that. And then, oh, of course, Alan shot Ronaldo. Beat him like was it four nil or four something? One. Yeah, four nil, four one. The um, Alan Kirby when he started at Charlton was playing manager as well. Um, way back in the nineties and that. Nobody's seen it, right? Yeah. No, I was trying to. Who's the most recent one? Toshak, of course, done it at the Jacks. Um, yeah, you don't really see it Gordon Strachan. Peter Reid did it at uh, Man City for a bit. Yeah. I suppose our kid did it for four games at United when he took over United. Oh, yeah, technically he did, didn't he? Yeah. Did he? Did he play himself at all, though? Yeah, I don't think so. Soonest did it at Rangers and, and King Kenny. And then on this list I've got here, it says Ryan Giggs, yeah. He uh, was appointed player coach after Moyes left, but um, didn't play himself. It's got to be hard, haven't it? Like, try. have you ever done it? Been I did it at Southern City. Oh, okay. Did you yeah, find it hard, like, when you got to play? Well, like... I didn't play. I, did, I hardly played. And then that became a problem because I was one of the better players. So the, 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 the chairman and the owner would be saying, why are you not playing yourself? So I don't really want to do both. Well, we need you. Blah, 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 blah. So it was a bit of a catch straight too. But I was like, because yeah. I would treat, I would talk to people different if I was playing than I was as a manager. I was a manager, nice, calm. And, you know, if I'm playing, you don't get fuck. I'd be screaming in your ear. Yeah. Same job that a manager really shouldn't be saying to someone. So I was, uh, yeah. So that's why I didn't. That's the only reason why I didn't. So, as of um, the last official player manager, apart from, like permanent, for like so apart from your brother, would have been. Um, let's have a look. Looks like the last one was. That can't be right, surely. What? Well, according to that, it says the last um, official player manager in the Premier League was Gianluca Viali, but I'm sure, like obviously your brother, but. I'm sure there was more recent ones than that. Maybe there wasn't. I can't remember the last time there was a player manager in sort of the Premier League or the Championship. Um, let's have a look. Current, current, current player managers. Is there any about? It's it's not common, is it? And I think actually, because football's so quick as well these days, and I don't know. Maybe do you think it would be easier to do now because there's more onus on the coaches to do the stats and the analysis and all that. Yes, as long as you get the right people in. Yeah, you got to have coaches. Well, you you're smart as, as the people you bring in and the people you surround yourself with. So, yeah. Rooney, you, did it? Rooney, yeah. Rooney. Darby. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he, again, though, I don't think he, I don't think he played himself, you know. 
Which yeah, it's hard. It's hard to because yeah, like it's, it's 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 a weird situation to be in. But obviously, because it was Salford City and, and they're in trouble, and, and I want to do it, I kind of neglected. But after that, I went on to play two years because after I left, I went on to play two years for FC United. So, mm. and which was two, which was a couple of leagues higher. So, which where Salford were playing. So I could yeah, I should have played more to be honest, but. Yeah, so you see, so you still had something in the tank from a playing point of view. Oh, I was only like 30, 34. I had no injuries. I was fine. I could have, yeah, I was fine. But just like whatever, yeah. But you didn't have any um, like serious injuries, did you? Like really? No. no. I, the only the, all the injuries I picked up were playing in charity games. I never picked up injuries playing non-league football. It was always when in the summer. Um, when I just like just not doing, not training, not doing anything, just kind of playing a football match. I, I, I broke my uh, metatarsal twice. Mm. Uh, the medial ligaments in my knee in Ireland, Dublin. I did, and then I did snap my Achilles two years ago. That's like that just sounds so painful. It's unreal. The snap the Achilles. Yeah, this yeah, like being shot in the foot. Yeah, well, you've got to have a boot on for three months. We got even way to bed. That's the one you've done most down. recently, though, isn't it? Yeah, I do. Is that the one you did last year? Yeah, did it. I was playing it for a charity team in Wrexham. I never played for some guy. Contacted me through social media, and for some reason, I said, "Yeah, I play." Went down, like fifteen men and his dog there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just turn around you have to say, "What are you doing?" Like someone had kicked me, and there was no one there. No, um, a couple yeah. of questions. Uh, oh, this is quite an interesting one. Will says, um, if you're a player manager from a club and the ma- and the club sacks you from the managerial role, do you still carry on as a player? Uh, that depends on the player, I suppose it would depend on the contract. But if you've got, say, you've got, if you've got like a three year contract as a player and then you got appointed as caretaker manager. Like I'm sure, because I didn't get sacked, I, I just walked out. Mm. I, the, the stuff that I'd been been through over the, the two years, and then with a shitty budget, every like for the last three or four years they've been fighting relegation. The first year after I took over our through season, got to mid table, and then the second season I got through mid table again on a shitty budget. And then they're talking about in the, in the committee meeting about should we keep the manager and blah blah blah. So that mm. got back to me, and I kind of seen my ass with it. And a couple of games left, last home game of the season, we won three one, and I just went right, that's me. Shook everyone's hand and got off, and just went right, that's me, and that's I'm done now. I'm sure they would want to keep me on as a player, but yeah, I was done by then, and I dropped it off to FC United. Nice, um, Tommy Tornado says, what at what club did you have your happiest times? Ooh. Probably Mosley, you know. Mosley because we won one leagues, yeah. But um but I enjoyed the season at FC United the first time I was there. Salford was always good, but we never really won anything at Salford, but just good playing for your own club on it. Mm-hmm. Wake you up. What about like you know when you used to play in like those Manchester clubs like FC United and Salford? Do you get like a lot of support there? Like personally as well. Well, the FC United when they first started, it was the second season, wasn't it? So you were getting like three and a half, four thousand at Gig Lane. What so, do they get now? What do they get now? Probably about like, fourteen, fifteen hundred. 
it's kind of it, like uh, when, when it started, like when it started, it was quite hot, wasn't it? It was like well, that was at the start, yeah. So yeah, that was at the start, and we was we was flying, and I was obviously the, the goal the first season because I was at Mosley, um, and I thought it was just gonna. I wanted to see how it went. Mm. Not leave somewhere and go somewhere. Then it all went to pieces halfway through season. So then they won that. They won the third, the, the second division, uh, the Northwest County second division. And I won like about three or four leagues above with Mosley. So that's when I went there for the, yeah, yeah. I went after that. Yeah. When FC United started, and we won the it... cup and league double that year, and then I left because I fell out with the manager. Which manager was that? My mate, who played golf every week, manager now. We're playing FC Wimbledon on a pre-season, so pre-season game, and it was in London. So we're staying over at a hotel. But because it was fan-owned, they'd organise a game between the fans of FC Wimbledon and the fans of FC United. And mm. players were going to watch. And it was like fucking June. It was fucking 100 degrees down south. It was boiling. So we've got, we've got all... All got up, I suppose he got up, gone and watched that game. And then this was finishing like at half 12. We've got to leave there, rush, go and get our stuff, then go straight to the game without any food. So, anyways, one of the one of the lads was starving, and I would I was driving for some reason. So I took a couple of lads to go and get a burger or go and get some food, and we got lost on going back to the ground. So we end up turning up late and he put us on the bench and blah blah blah. And anyway, we get beat, and I just fucking go off at the end of the game in the change room. See, it's fucking embarrassment. We're in the flip field, watch a load of fucking retards play football. I'm not drunk, I'm not eating, it's boiling hot, and you expect us to run about on the football pitch against professional footballers. You're stupid. Yeah, with no food. I just went off on one. And it was the right, it was right what I was saying. It wasn't what it was, was, I just didn't go about it the right way. And then, yeah. if he would have spoke to me, I'm sure we, we could have sorted it out and I could have apologised, but he, he obviously got rid of me. And, yeah. So, and yeah. That was Used it. to leave me, mate. and Ashton in the same league and we were, we were first and second all season. We played him at FC United ground, scored against them, but we got beat. It was 3-2 or 4-3. But I scored yeah. to make two all in front of the MRE. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, just stayed there one season and I can't remember where I went to that. I think it's going back to Salford. It's good on my camera. Oh, it's gone off. I can still hear you. It's, um, I don't know what uh, I was doing. Um, but we can wrap up now, mate. Anyway, um, that, like, FC United obviously formed in 2000, 2005. Like, that yeah, seems I so... 2006. It just seems like really recent. Like, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, like when they first when they first formed, when you where when FC United first formed, they had a couple of names join them, didn't they? I can't I can't think who off the top of my head now, but like I'm sure didn't they get like a few players who like people would have known, you know, like dropping down and stuff to play for them? No. Didn't they? I'm sure they did. No. But it was quite um like a pop, like when they first formed, I mean, they had a bit of think about it was Leon Mike, but that many people know Leon Mike. Yeah, because from Manchester, if you're not actually from Manchester, because he played for Aberdeen, played obviously played for Manchester, grew up for Manchester City, and then went to play for Aberdeen. But um, 
Oh, but he, he, I would have, he was at Mosley with me and he's gone to FC United. Uh, they, um, it was quite like a big thing, wasn't it? Like when they first formed FC United. Oh, yeah. You know, they yeah. had like a bit of bad games. So, so many people there. It was like four or five thousand every home game. And it just, just yeah, it was um, good good times, actually. Good times, good crap. You get involved with the crowd and you get involved with the fans. It was good. Everyone knew each other because it was the same people every week. So you can have a drink with the, the, the fans after the game in the bar and stuff like that. So you get stuck in with the fans. It was good. It was like back in the old days, the, the fans would say, no, it was great. It's like back being in the old times. But... Um, yeah, it was like um, 2006, only 20 years ago. Yeah, do you think it's lost a bit of steam now, or do you, do they, you know, they still get it? Really. They built their own ground, mate. So, you know, I, I was lucky enough to work there when it first opened, the first year it opened. I was academy manager, reserve team manager. So I did that for like three years. When, when, when it first opened, was it two years, two or three years? And then. That probably still to this day at the best FA Youth Cup run. I think we got to the third round after playing like five or six games or four or five or six games. It was mad. Um, yeah. Did they um, are like all the managers and that paid for that for that level, or is it all kind of? Well, now this manager's on a, probably a, a good wage because it's full time. He's on a full time, so even though they're yeah. training full time, he probably gets involved with the academy and stuff like that. Because back when I was doing it, we probably had about 30 kids. I think they have like double that now. So, so what do they, they have? Know, like, you know, just a youth outlet. team or? Well, it's just academy, mate. Just to have academy again. So we was going for like quality. I think now they're going for quantity because they need the money. So they do mm. beat it off with it so they get, they get funded and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what will they have? Will they have like all the age groups or like all the way down to like no, seven, just 16, 17 to eight, just the two years. 16 to 18, then last then two years, you leave school, 16 to 17, 17 to 18. Do they do the same? Is that the same with like Salford as well? Then they'll have like a, yeah, like a youth team. Probably Salford will do it as well. Uh, Stockport County, Macclesfield. Uh, There's loads all, of clubs up that way. In fact, all local clubs that they'll play each other. Gateshead, they're in the league. Just trying to think who else we played. Um, some other lead sides as well, but Bradford. Oh, not Bradford, but um, Halifax. There was a team down in Leeds. I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, but you play. It's the same deal. They're 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 doing B Tech courses, but training and playing football every day. Yeah, and FC yeah. United built their own ground. The fans have built it. Uh, it's got a three G pitch right next right next to it. Big car park. Good facilities. It's a nice, nice, nice little ground in Moston. It is, and you know, obviously the fans have built it. I think it cost about six million quid. Yeah. How many, um, how many times have they been promoted then since their inception? Oh, well, well, they have probably been promoted about seven, seven, eight times. Nice, nice. Or they, six, um, or seven times. They got promoted. Northwest County two. Northwest County one. Yeah, so they've been probably and they've been really yes, they've probably been brought about five, six times in the pretty history. Good, pretty years. good going, isn't it? When, in the history of eighteen years, 
Yeah, there's always going to be that stop, mate, because they're never going to be they're fan owned. They don't want uh, big mercenaries come in. They don't pay big wages. So, you know, play a certain way. Um, so it's always going to be difficult because obviously Manchester's a good catchment area and some teams will pay some big dough around here. So, yeah. yeah. Right, let's do our predictions, mate, really, really quickly. I didn't realise the time, mate. I was so late. I, was I can't listening. believe I missed the FPL and uh, Super oh, City. Unfortunately, my camera's not working, so we can't go over it yeah, again. Yeah. And I don't want to repeat myself to the people either. But I will tell you that I, I beat you in the fantasy football this week, which is, I like, the first week I tried and I beat you is uh, kind of talks right, like the last few seasons then well you're only 45 behind now what, what, let's have a look. well yeah but i've only started trying this week oh, isn't right, it? yeah yeah you only started trying all right yeah. let's see where you are right Sai is on 597 and you beat me by seven points come on and I still beat and, you i don't mind still mad, right, really, one point i was rudely interrupted Sai is on 597 and myself is on 653 so only 56 behind. Yeah, it's one week, mate, isn't it? One week. Easy. I've just changed my tide and I've got a few weapons and most of my play, most of my team are at home this this week. So big dollars so, coming. One week, one week of me beating you and you panicked and you've just binned off your team, is what you're saying. Oh no, no, you can only make one sub, mate. What do you know about? You know, you know that now. You didn't know that at the start of the season, though, did you? When you binned off all your team and lost loads of points. Yeah, I mean, I did all that all last year. I did that, so I was making five or six subs every week. So I'm, I'm losing thirty points before I even started. <laughs> <laughs> so I realised it when I did the same on the first game of the season. I went, I'm going, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then when I looked into it more, you get. You get dot five points or four points or whatever it is. Yeah, still makes me chuckle, man, that you've done that. It's just like, what are you gonna do? Oh, um, what's going on here? Why are you why are you going like like five, six hundred points behind us? <laughs> like weird. Uh, right. I'm gonna um let's do these predictions quick because I did not realise how late it had got. Um missing out right. of uh, Arsenal uh, home to Wolves. I've gone three-one uh, to Arsenal. Two-nil. <clears throat> uh, Arsenal. Uh, Brentford at home to Luton. I've gone two-nil to Brentford. One-nil to Brentford actually. Three-one Brentford. Uh, Forest versus Everton at Forest. Uh, 2-1 to Everton for me. 1-1. And then Newcastle at home to United. Going to be a, an interesting one. I think it's... I won against I went, I went against them last week and I, and I, and I lost my one. I won against them again. 3-1 United. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with... 4-2 United. I are, you bastard. Uh, I just, just got in there just as I was about to say it. I'm going to go 3-2 United. Um, West Ham home to Palace. One nil West Ham. One nil to the Amers. West Ham. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. One nil. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Man City versus Spurs at Man City. Two two nil. City. Actually, no. Two one. Three nil. City. Three one. Three one. Three one. 
There we go. Right, that's our predictions for the Super Six. Make sure you get your predictions in if you're in the league. And if you're not in the league, join the league. Never too late. Get involved. Raise a bit of money for charity. Hit up, well, Mel, hit up Mel, Will Melius. He's in the live chat now. Anyone watching who's got any decent cameras, sign each free because we're all struggling. Yeah, I, I, I got a couple now. I found I've uh, lo, I've located a couple of uh, additional ones. What's up with the team? One from the side, one from the front. What was the other one from? So I've got so I got a normal, like just a webcam, which I plug yeah. in. I got a black magic um pocket cinema, which I acquired recently, which is yeah. my new podcasting camera. And then I just got a couple of like small camcorders. So I'll use the black magic for like the wide shot. And then the camcorders for the, you know, the individual shots. But it's going to make it a lot easier when I do podcasts and that. And I've got a nice little Black Magic A10 That's Mini to switch yeah. the, got to switch the camera angle with the touch of a button. Mm-hmm. Coming into the technical technological world, mate. I'm moving mm-hmm. on up. Um, I filmed a podcast yesterday in the pub, though, in the day. Um, that was quite cool. Going to call it podcast, podcast on a pint, but um, nice. just like sat in, sat in the pub. With the you know all the cameras and that, and just having a chat. So um, when you come down, mate, I think we should do one of them because it's quite a good little little concept. Like just you know, yeah, just sat down, relax. I'm, I'm down. All right, mate. We'll sort something out, and then we'll go up the rummer rummer tavern, go upstairs, set the cameras up, and away we go, mate. Yeah, be good. Got to hit Nathan Blake up, man. Got to hit him up. Right, as always, mate. The pleasure. Nice of you to finally join us this evening. Something something cropped up last minute, no, I know, I know, mate. It's all right. I'm only teasing you. Very, very rare, but you know. No, I know. I'm yeah, I mean, a man in, in a wanted man. Of course you are, oh. mate. Of course you are. Someone's got to have you, haven't they? <laughs> and it's Friday tomorrow. Three oh, weeks yeah. Christmas. Three weeks till I'm off for 16 days. Stroll on December 22. And if you're coming to the Roman Tower tomorrow night... I will see you there. The Roman Tavern. Darren Purse evening tomorrow. Uh, Can't wait. Where's that? Roman Roman Tavern. No, it's in, uh, it's opposite the castle. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the oldest pubs in Cardiff. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, And we got Michael Chopra there, mate, on the the 15th of December, final one of the year. Nice. He's going to have plenty to talk about, so it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a belter, but right, nice one, mate. In a bit, motherfucker. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.